So welcome to episode number 121 of More Than Bread. And thank you for joining me in these daily mini feasts of scripture. It's my privilege, honestly, my privilege to set the table for the Spirit of God to give us more than bread. So I'm Dan, a longtime Bible reader with a handful of decades in this journey of listening to, learning from, and leaning into this book that we call the Bible. And and this podcast flows from a deep, deep conviction that we need more than bread for the life of our soul. We need to listen to and learn from and lean into the Word of God. The people of God need the Spirit of God to breathe life into our souls through the Word of God. You know, I actually started this podcast a couple of years ago, and we've had a few chapters. In the first chapter, if you haven't listened to it, at some point, go back and listen to it. In the first chapter, we did a, a quick walkthrough of the whole New Testament in, in just a few more than 40 episodes. You can go back and listen to them if you haven't already. And after that chapter, we took a slower journey through two of the Gospels, the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John. And now this chapter I've called Top 40 Psalms, my top 40, my best 40 of all the 150. But as I've said a handful of times, if you'd like your favorite psalm to be considered for this list, I'm not making any promises, but just shoot me an email to dan at calvarysc.org or text me at 814-235-9615, 814-235-9615, and, and maybe I'll add it to my 40. In fact, in this episode, we're looking at Nick's favorite psalm. So thanks, Nick. This is Psalm 37. And when I asked him why it was his favorite, he said it all started more than a decade ago with a single verse, verse 4. And he said, below is a journal entry I made one year ago about it, 6-21-2022. And here's his journal entry. Grandpa gave me this book. It was the book, Devotions for the Man in the Mirror. Grandpa gave me this book shortly after I told him about my commitment to becoming a better Christian in 2011. I've read through this book three to four times over the years that followed, and there's one chapter that really stood out. He said it. It still stands out today. It contains one of my core verses, Psalm 37, 4, from one of my favorite chapters in the Psalms. And he wrote, I'm so blessed to have a grandpa who cares about my eternal life in heaven. He has done so much to guide me in my journey with Jesus. Thank you, grandpa. Now, let me tell you that that verse, before we go any farther, Psalm 34 is also one of my favorites. And it says this, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's such a such a great verse. And and you know, we, we all need some people in our circles, like next grandpa, people on our team who care about our spiritual life, right? Someone who can encourage us to delight in the Lord even in tough times. Someone who can cheer us on and cheer with us when we experience those amazing moments with God. Dan Allender shares one of those delight moments that he experienced with his son. He had taken his, he'd been taking his young son fishing, like in the afternoon, like around one to three thirty every day for about three days, and nothing happened. He so desperately wanted his son to catch a fish. There was an old sailor at the dock who took pity on him and told him, "Hey, fish don't bite in the afternoon, so come back tomorrow at five thirty a.m." I don't know if I would be that committed. But the, the sailor gave him a couple of lures, and, and they came back the next day. And, and he just thought, this is the day. They, they fished from about 5.30 to 6.30 a.m., nothing. 6.30 to 7.30 a.m., nothing. And I can tell you at that moment, there's not a delight, lot of delight going on. Dan is angry at God. He's tired of not tasting the goodness of God. But he was afraid to quit hoping. 
knowing how important this was to his son, angry at a God who could part the Red Sea, but couldn't let his son catch a fish. And and finally, about 7.45 in the morning, he said, hey, Andrew, we're, we're leaving. And Andrew said, oh, dad, please, just one more time. Dan opened his mouth, but in a split second before he spoke what was in his heart, the Holy Spirit convicted him and said, do you want to kill hope in him? Do you want to kill hope in your son as you're afraid to do in this moment? And Dan Allender softened and said, no, Andrew, you cannot fish one more time. You can cast five more times. And so his son casts once, casts twice, casts three times, no fish, four times, no fish. And Dan, Dan honestly was a little bit angry again, fearful of being disappointed, angry at God for sucking him into dreaming for his son again. And he, he turned to start packing up. And so his back was turned to his son as Andrew cast for the fifth time. And a moment later, his son said, Dad, look. And Dan looked around and that rod was moving. His son had a fish. And for the next 15 minutes, Andrew wrestled with that fish and he he finally brought it in. Just imagine for a moment the delight in that moment, even more so in Dan than his son. 20 minutes later, they're on their way home, and on the way home, one of the most important moments in Dan's life as a father, and one of the most important moments in the life of his son took place. His son looked at him and said, Dad, we have a God, don't we? Yes, son, we do. Another moment passed, and Andrew looked at his dad and said, Dad, I know God's name. You know, Andrew had never spoken in such a personal way about God. Dan said, son, what do you mean? What is God's name? He said, God's name is the God of the fifth caste. (laughs) And within about four months, that led to Andrew deciding to follow Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Why? Because Andrew pushed past the fear of failure and tasted God and found that he was good. God refreshed his life, refreshed his delight, and gave him the desire of his heart. God brought that story to mind when I started study in Psalm 37, because Psalm 37 is all about the goodness of God and and the difference between those who delight in God and those who don't, the wicked. That's a really long psalm. And one reason it's long is because it's written as an acrostic. So if you knew Hebrew and you're reading this psalm in Hebrew, every sentence begins with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet from Aleph to Tav, Tov. Why is it an acrostic? Well, there's actually a number of reasons. For example, it made it easier to memorize. And in those days, it was an oral culture, not a lot of printed books or scrolls. So so much of the scripture that was most meaningful was memorized. Secondly, an acrostic just kind of gives this sense of completeness and order. It's almost as though the author is saying, here's the complete set of wisdom on wicked ways versus righteous ways from A to Z. An acrostic makes the psalm a bit long. But hang in there and listen well, because there's so many good words from God in this psalm. I'm going to be reading it from the New International Version. In fact, here's my encouragement to you as I read the psalm and you listen. Just just let one or two thoughts, let, let the Holy Spirit kind of highlight one or two thoughts or ideas or phrases or sentences and just kind of let them soak in. Don't, don't even worry about listening to the whole thing. Hold, hold on to those one or two. Don't, don't try to hang on to all of them. Let the Spirit give you one or two. Here's a psalm. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. 
Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will do this. He'll make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed. But those who hope in the Lord, will, they will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked, for the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In times of famine, they'll enjoy plenty, but the wicked will perish. Though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field, they will be consumed. They will go up in smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses, they will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young, and now I'm old, and yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread." They're always generous, and they lend freely. Their children will be a blessing in the land. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. The offspring of the wicked will perish. The righteous, though they will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouths of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak what is just. The law of their God is in their hearts. Their feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, intent on putting them to death, but the Lord will not leave them in the power of the wicked or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. I've seen a wicked and a ruthless man flourishing like a luxuriant native tree, but he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. There'll be no future for the wicked. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. And there's a lot there, right? From trusting God to avoiding envy, from seeking righteousness to finding refuge in God, so much wisdom in each verse of Psalm 37. From the very beginning, the psalmist invites us to trust in the Lord and find peace in his provision. So what stuck with you as I read and you listen? What did the Holy Spirit highlight? Maybe it was a trust word, like the simplicity of verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Or delight word, like verse 4, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Or or verse 23, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. 
or maybe for me, it was the the theme of inheriting the land. That was that was interesting. Like verse nine, those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And verse eleven, the meek will inherit the land. Does that sound familiar? Jesus said that. Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount. And you see it again in verse 22. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land. Almost the same in verse 27. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. And verse 29, the righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. Verse 34, hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to, he, he will exalt you to inherit the land. And, you know, before I move on, we're not going to camp here right now, but let me just say that God and God's people have always had a connection to the land. In our country, in our culture, we don't have a very good theology of place. We're too quick to call our nation sacred and too quick to not see the importance of the place to which he has called you locally, the community, the neighborhood, your region, your city. I believe with all my heart that God has a redemptive purpose for every place where he has allowed people to live. It's a land given to them by God. But for just a few moments, let me direct our attention to some words near the beginning. And I would say at the very heart of Psalm, uh, of this Psalm, it's verses one through eight. And let me read that. Here's what it says. Do not fret. That word fret, it means don't be anxious. Don't get all worried. Don't get all worked up. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patient, patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from eager and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. So I just, I want to give you a few practical experiments to, to lean into Psalm 37. You know, it's easy to ask the question in our world today, how can we find rest with everything that's going on in the world? How can we press pause in an anxious world? How can we fret not? And at least part of that answer is found in David's words, fret not yourself because of evildoers. And and you know what I love about David's words? Everyone listening just filled in a different evildoer. But the call is the same. Fret not. Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Don't get all worked up. Fret not. And I tell you, you know, as I read the news, supplemented by posts on Facebook, rounded up by a lot of conversations, I think so much of what we're reading, posting, and speaking is filled with fretting. It's accentuated by anxiousness. Fret not. In fact, later on, David will say that our fretting actually leads to more evil. Now, I'm I'm not saying that you can't be concerned, but you know that concerns get cooked in a whole different way when they're mixed with fretting. See, I think Psalm 27 is a call to get saturated by God's alternative facts. So here's the first practical experiment. If you want to find rest and be more aware of the presence of God, if you want to delight yourself in him, then take a media fast. Shut it all off. All the news, all the noise, all the opinions and posts, all the distractions. Shut it all off and ask God to calibrate your heart and your mind to his promises and his power. I'm not asking Christians to stick their heads in the sand. I'm, I'm just challenging us to go above the smog. That's the first practical experiment. 
try to take a, a media fast. Second practical experiment comes out of David's words in verses three and four. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Trust in the Lord and do good. That sentence, that sentence needs a, a whole podcast. It's not either or, it's both and. Trust God and do good. Trust God and do good. Do good and trust God. Not post and argue, but trust and do good. But for the moment, I want to focus on that second sentence. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How do we delight in the Lord? Well, you know, I think one way that over time always seems to work is to practice gratitude. Focus your heart and mind on what God has already done and what he's promised he will do. See, gratitude aligns our hearts with God's reality. So how about today? Start a gratitude list. Make a list of things that God has done for you, gifts he's given to you, people he's let into your life, like Nick's grandpa, little moments and and major wows, answers to prayer. See if your heart doesn't begin to delight in him a little bit more. And then another way, um, a third practical experiment, but another way to delight in God is to decide that we will linger longer in his presence. Be patiently passionate. Make a decision that you will do. Just just take a day or take a weekend and make a decision that in that day, you will do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to delight yourself in God. I think of Moses, 40 years as a sheep herder before he stumbled on the burning bush. I think of Joshua lingering in the tent of meeting after Moses had left. I think of Mary for those nine months in the early church in the upper room. God doesn't just show up on command, but he does respond to those who seek him with all their hearts. And in the end, perhaps what keeps us from God's presence, God's rest, God's delight in the midst of this crazy world, more than anything else, is in fact our hearts. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but listen again to just a few of David's words in Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will bring it to pass. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Father God, I I just I pray for each and every person listening. God, I'm sure for each one of its us, it's it's a little bit different. The path is a little bit different, but God, I pray that the goal for each of us would be that we would delight ourselves in you. God, that we would not delight ourselves in politics, that we would not delight ourselves just in work and even in family, that we would not delight ourselves in fretting more about what's going on, but we would delight in you. God, show us how to delight in you. Give us a hunger for you. God, I pray that we would practice gratitude. I pray that we would give you our time. I pray that we would delight ourselves in you and and that in delighting in you, that you would give us the desires of our heart. And God, as we delight in you, may you more and more be the supreme desire of each one of our hearts. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.